Welcome to MTG Evolving Wild. Uh, this is going to be our first episode for uh, Season 2. We're going to have a little intro to more of the general things of Magic the Gathering. I'm Cody. I'm Ron. Welcome back, guys. Oh, yeah. I'm Mark. How's it going? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we're just going to run through some of the basics, some of the concepts, uh, card types, color, uh, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, to start us out... Uh, in the game, you are an all-powerful being known as a planeswalker. You have godlike abilities. Crazy powerful things. You have a lot of magical potential. Super godlike abilities. <laughs> and you get to travel between worlds and dimensions. Um, you get to create worlds. Mega godlike abilities. <laughs> you, Yeah, you can... Travel across dimensions, kind of create your own dimensions, and essentially that could be somewhat analogous to like making your own board state. Right, and basically when you're playing Magic the Gathering, uh, you are pitting your skills against another equally godlike planeswalker, and the game is the resulting duel between the two of you. Yes. So uh, each player has a certain amount of life points. Uh, when those run out, uh, you die. So if you have zero <laughs> life points, you're uh, kaput. You lose the game. And if there's only one other person playing, they win the game. Additionally, you have a deck of cards, which is called a library. And you have cards in that library called spells. And also, if you run out of cards, you die. Right, yeah, so each card is like you're casting a spell. Each individual card uh, will kind of give you an idea of what this effect sort of does and how to sort of use it, but it's a really cool uh, phenomenon. Lots of ways to die. <laughs> Lots of ways to die, yeah. Those are so many. just the examples or, or general broad speaking ways to die. There are so many more specific ways to die in this game, so, you know, you can have a lot of fun with that. Um, but yeah, like... I think moving on to some of the more fun stuff that we're really excited to talk about. Um, the Should we do card types or do you want to do color stuff? Let's start with the color stuff. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. There are five colors in Magic the Gathering. There are white, blue, black, red, and green. And those could all be kind of compared to certain characterizations like uh, Myers-Briggs personality tests or zodiac signs, D&D alignments. Right. So basically, uh, these five colors are individual categories that represent um, specific types of uh, mana, which uh, we'll go into a little bit later, but also it really uh, gives you kind of descriptors of more emotions that are also commonly tied to those colors. Yeah. I'm also kind of thinking of like those like online tests you take to see which Hogwarts house you are. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's a good one. Hogwarts house. Hogwarts house. It's kind of in a way similar to the distinction between colors. Typically, people will identify with one or more colors and like feel strongly connected to certain ones of those. And the themes relating to those colors in Magic the Gathering also relate to the gameplay that you create kind of with those colors. So... Let's start with white. Or W as it gets abbreviated. In Wooburg. Yes, W-U-B-R-G. 
Yeah, blue becomes you because uh, you use B for black. So then it would be Wubbaburg or something. Wubbaburg. Yeah. Anyways, W for white. Um, white kind of is the color of peace, law, structure, selflessness, equality, and organization. Some common character examples are like Superman, stereotypically speaking. Mickey Mouse. Um, you know, it, um, I would say if you're going to flip to the villains, Ozymandias from The Watchmen. There's Zeus in God of War. Agent Smith from The Matrix. King Arthur is a good example. And most importantly, Dom Toretto because <laughs> he stands he for made family. It on the list. <laughs> he stands for family. He's yeah, all about it, family. It's about right. It's about right. Yeah. Um, and so those are some like really common characters in media who kind of like stand for peace, law, structure, again, both good and bad forms of that, depending on what law or structure they subscribe to. And organization seems to be the most like tied together group. (laughs) Right. That's a kind of organization is a very integral part of any, uh, character that, it kind of reflects white mana, um, a lot of that. Uh, in terms of like different like media genres, we also had a few examples of that. So like maybe some kind of historical documentary, war films. Yeah, maybe like a family film or a holiday film. These are the sort of, uh, I guess, medias that would... Uh, be exemplary of white mana things that bring people together and uh, you know or, or sort of not necessarily just feel good for the sake of it but because you have the stronger identity together um, with this viewing if that yeah. makes any sense they're very structured films they follow a very like almost predictable path Cookie cutter if you will formula Maybe. formulaic yeah formulaic like like i i also think like the family films and the the holiday films are such a good example because like you've probably seen the plot a million times but it's something that you can always enjoy something you can literally bring anyone into the movie theater for and most of the time not be worried that they're gonna see anything like life-changing <laughs> yeah i mean i remember you know being shown bad santa as like a 10 year old that's a lie i'm much older than that <laughs> did it change your life cody bad santa yes Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure. But to sum it all up, white is the color of bringing people together, whether that is for jolly good fun or war crimes is, uh, I guess, up to the Magic the Gathering player. Yeah. There's also some like occupations that could fall in line with white. Um, obviously, anyone who uh, enforces the law or adjudicates the law, um, maybe store managers... Uh, delivery drivers and just the general sort of delivery system. It takes a lot of people to get a box from one part of the country to another. Civil servants, you know, people processing permits for, you know, your buildings and things like that. I imagine the DMV as a very white mana place. No, DMV is totally black. Yeah, yeah, DMV is Rakdos, pure suffering. (laughs) We'll get into that later. When you think of white and like stacks pieces like slowing the game down like you have to wait in line and stuff like that 
<laughs> yeah, it's definitely white man. I think that's a pretty good example, actually. Um, but yeah, then moving to blue. Blue is uh, abbreviated to the letter U, ooh, ooh, ooh. if you will, as uh, as Ron likes to put it. Um, <laughs> Every time I play a blue spell, I do go ooh. ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I draw one. Ooh. <laughs> I'm a chimpanzee. Ooh. And every time I see one, I'm like, ah. I, I don't like Oof. <laughs> Mark does That's not like oof. oof. Yeah. Um, so blue is the color of knowledge, deceit, caution, deliberation, perfection, and most importantly, curiosity. Yeah, curiosity is the big one. Uh, ex- ex- experimentation is a very uh, common thing found throughout a lot of blue sort of ideas. Doing things for the knowledge of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In in the pursuit of knowledge for perfection, and that really, uh, you know, can include some some deceit, some caution, um, kind of maybe some some additional preparedness. Um, some character examples include Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherlock Holmes is a great example. Hermione. Uh, the Great Wizard Merlin. Uh, Velma from uh, Scooby-Doo. What's that? Never heard of it. Dr. Otto Octavius, or, or Doc Ock, was, as he's probably better yeah, known. I was about to say, or Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Yeah, so so think of characters that are really focused on knowledge and uh kind of developing new technology, advancing their uh, plans through knowledge and uh, just additional creation. Yeah, uh, typical genres you would see uh, that would tie very much to blue uh, mana would be uh, mystery type movies. Uh, tutorial videos. I like this little rotation we're doing. Math tutor <laughs> videos. Um, a research documentary is very blue. Science fiction in general, very blue. Yeah, very exploratory of, yeah. of the human mind and kind of the reality there's, that we live in. There's a lot of curiosity there too in like the fact that like what could be, what would the ultimate outcome of this be and just exploring what that might look like. And uh, that reflects so well into Blue's mechanics of like, you know, looking into additional cards in your library, drawing extra cards and being prepared for a lot of different things. Yeah, like being prepared how to canter your spell. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, Some occupations that might kind of reflect Blue would be like scientists. Um, A researcher. Student. Engineers. A professor. I wouldn't say so much a teacher, but a professor. Yes. Cold, Specifically professor. Cold and calculated. <laughs> very, very much the 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 numbers, if you will. Um, An numbers. expert in their field. An expert in their field. It's all about the work, not about like the direct aspect of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of covers blue. Uh, the next color is one of our favorite colors in Magic: The Gathering. Is, you don't like it? It's evil. Feel it makes me makes me feel wrong. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm more of a white mana guy myself. I get you there. Um, it's black, commonly shorted to B in Wooburg, uh, because but- black starts with the letter B. Um, <laughs> black folk black mana focuses on power, self interest, death sacrifice, uninhibitedness, and most importantly, self-concern. 
which is not necessarily an evil characteristic. Hmm. It's interesting that you wrote it as self-concern more than uh, self-servingness, I'd say. Selfishness. Selfishness. Yeah, it's a funny way of writing selfishness. Well, it's interesting because I think selfishness implies a more evil uh, aspect to it, and self-concern definitely is a selfish way of being, but it's more so like, um, I don't think it's characterized necessarily as good listen, or bad. Listen, you're going to try and convince me you're the good guy when the mana symbol for black is literally a skull? Skulls are good. They protect <laughs> your head. They protect your brain. They're literally an essential part. That's what the part. skull is for. That's what the skull is for. You're self-concerned with your skull there, Ron. <laughs> yes, you're very self-concerned. Um, so very common characters. One that comes to mind automatically is Voldemort from Harry Potter. Uh, Yennefer from the Witcher series. Uh, Lex Luthor from Superman. Plankton from SpongeBob. <laughs> uh, I'd say uh, Spawn is a great one. The the one that Ron is adamant isn't is Mr. Krabs, the capitalist. <laughs> Mr. Krabs is totally, at least if not fully black, definitely uh, aligned in black mana. He he's self concerned about his business, about his money, money, money. Red, selfish. <laughs> yep. So, um, and then some some types of uh, genres that kind of fall in line with with black mana obviously like horror yeah a psychological thriller i guess uh, i yeah. don't know if there's too much more that scream black mana i mean maybe heavy metal i'd say that sort of <laughs> aesthetic i mean uh, otherwise i think you're getting into some very dark places of video and on the internet <laughs> that's a fair point <laughs> you know fair. yeah let's keep it at psychological thriller and horror those are genres that kind of like if you're going to see one of those movies you're you're sacrificing maybe a sense of your security in order to get entertainment out of it I guess, yeah, because it's, it is interesting, because as much as I like to joke about black being the evil color, and as much as it's been depicted as the evil color, um, you know, it really is interesting to see, because it really is more about kind of sacrificing uh, one or more aspects of yourself or your being or what you own in order to, you know, achieve a greater cause, usually in your own self-interest, but... It is interesting, and, and there are a few interesting occupations that would probably have black mana involved. <laughs> yeah, venture capitalist being one. Yeah, um, a con artist, I'd say, or used car salesman. Politicians, entrepreneurs. Yeah, uh, influencers sometimes, like <laughs> using, using... I'm just imagining a TikTok influencer casting this uh, dark ritual to like, like <laughs> eat people's souls through a TikTok video or something. Well, it's like a lot of uh, self-concern definitely in influencing because there's like the, the perception you're trying to portray to the world, but you're your also brand. your brand. <laughs> you're also sacrificing a part of your maybe privacy or uh, your soul. Soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of these jobs where it's like, you have to, you have to sacrifice a part of yourself uh, in order to um, succeed. So, you know, we mentioned politicians where maybe they have good intentions at the beginning, but then, uh, in order to they don't <laughs> in order to achieve the the 
status that would be considered successful, they might need to lobby with groups who they might not agree with. And um, it's a it's a field that is very uh, self-concerning because it's, again, your, your image is very um, at the center of that. Yes, self-concern. And then we get to my favorite color, red. <laughs> Gotta Arr! go fast, baby. <laughs> yep, red, uh, commonly abbreviated to the letter R in Wooburg. <laughs> whenever I see a red card, whenever I draw a red card, I'm like... <laughs> That's right, he yeah. grumbles a lot. It's kind of... I make motorcycle noises. <laughs> <laughs> or dogs, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, red is freedom, emotion, action, impulse, destruction. I don't know why I wrote emotion twice, but most importantly, <laughs> red, baby. emotion. Emotion is a trait shared Double by down. a lot of, of mono red characters. And a, a little chaotic, if you will. Probably why it's written twice. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, chaotic for sure. Some popular characters in media include Harley Quinn. Uh, Miles Morales in the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, Puss in Boots from his last movie. The Last Wish. Kratos <laughs> from God of War. Uh, Raphael, the Red Ninja Turtle, my man. Rain! <laughs> that was a really good day. Yeah, you do a really good Harley Quinn day. <laughs> I'm going to blow up this podcast. <laughs> and the Hulk. Um, it's pain, not bang. the bad voice. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, no. Bane is a perfect example of like very emotional character, very like um, swayed by his emotions, whether it's you know self doubt or not, or anger, wanting to explode things. Um, the Hulk being another great example. Because if his emotions aren't in check, then he hulks out. Hulk gets sad. Hulk sad become banner. It's just common courtesy. If there's no <laughs> wedding, you return the pasta maker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I I love that whole pasta maker plot line in the Harley Quinn show. Like and, and then there's like like, like he, his whole development and like his reaction to the pasta maker stuff and then the main characters are just like what are you talking about and he's like i've forgotten about the pasta maker at this point don't worry guys like, and why is harley quinn bane the best bane we've seen in media I, I, harley quinn is the best a lot of things we've seen in media absolutely it's a great show it it's is. the best kite man we've seen in media i think it's the only kite man kite we've man. seen in media <laughs> No, I, I that show is is so. I, I also really like how they started to portray the Joker, uh, like as the mayor and stuff. That was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, Harley Quinn, the the main character in that show, being another uh, great mono red character, uh, very led by emotions and uh, kind of doing what the, you want chaos, to chaos and Even, impulsive goes by her own will um while you could maybe argue there's a bit of black in her uh color identity as well if you go into that um i, I still think she truly does care about her impulse and she's less about self-concern right uh, and more about just doing what she wants even to even under the joker's influence a lot of uh her decision making is based on her emotions towards the joker um so so yeah, a lot of these characters that are very um, 
driven by emotion and impulse and action. Um, some some genres in media might be uh, romance movies. Um, I'd say like action movies. Comedies are pretty right up there. Right. All these movies that are very emotional, very impactful, make you feel something. Make Meant to make you feel something. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Fun fact, I feel like most of the best movies would have a red color identity because truly those are the movies that make you feel something. That's Absolutely. People go and watch movies. Well, that'll kind of get us into the next topic of occupation where, you know, one of the best uh, ones for that is artist. Yeah. Freelancer. Yeah. Musicians. Designers. Uh, comedian, I'd, I'd argue as well. Athletes. Yeah, they all uh, start with this passion um, to get something done. I, I put freelancer too because that one's kind of more of an amorphous job. or It's like not as structured. It's more like this thing is kind of what I'm doing right now and maybe next week I'll be doing something else. And uh, that kind of vibe of like, impulsivity yeah impulsiveness Impulsiveness. and and creativity i would say is is very red centered and now we'll move on to my favorite color green ron can you tell us what uh the green is shortened to in wooberg good job (laughs) yay green is the color of nature wildlife i'd say connection spirituality tradition instinct and being (laughs) Big. It's about being the biggest boy. Yeah, there's definitely a, a connection to nature about being big, about being like Strongest. a force of nature, truly, is what I think of when I think of a green aligned character. Mm-hmm. There's so, a card name, Survival of the Fittest, which is just <laughs> the most appropriate. <laughs> I, think I could be wrong, but there might even be a card name called Force of Nature. I think there's a card called Colossal Dreadmaw that is actually a really big dinosaur. That's the best card in all of Magic the Gathering. No, best card is uh, Colossal Dreadpaw, and it's a giant cat. (laughs) Oh, I think I remember that. (laughs) I don't. There's... There's like cards in green. I, I'm thinking of that one aura that makes a cat. Oh, like co- a colossification. Colossification makes like one of your creatures absolutely plus twenty giant. plus twenty yep. or something like that. But then it taps it. Yep, because it's too big. It needs <laughs> to get too back big. up. It needs to- <laughs> so characters uh, in this uh, section might include like Poison Ivy, Groot, uh, Tarzan, King Kong. I'd even say Toph from the Avatar. Yeah, they're all kinds of these these characters that are are all like basically forces of nature. They might be aligned with some other color identities as well, but are very very much rooted in tradition or instinct or this like kind of connection to wildlife. Yeah, and there's a certain strength that comes from that, whether it is physical or emotional. You know, while I like to joke about being the biggest, strongest boy is what green is about, there are so many ways to gather strength from your roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in a magical sense with, like, Toph. Yeah. 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 yeah Toph is a really great example as well. Um, yeah, it's a cool one. I guess for uh, genres of media you would see in green, uh, traditional classics are uh, kind of great one, things you kind of root back to. Yeah. You know, classic story archetypes, you know, like 
man versus nature, man versus man. Uh, heroes journey, the hero's journey cycle um, almost feels green in nature yeah. because of the cyclical nature of it. Natural or nature documentaries, even or natural disaster movies, kind of things with forces of nature in them, very present in uh, their kind of telling. Yeah, and maybe even some cooking shows that, uh, at least ones that attempt to uh, pass on the tradition of the food they're making rather than make a whole spectacle and show of it. But even then, those have green elements in them. Retellings of classical stories, you know, like Lion King is Hamlet, you know, is a perfect example of... Right. A a retelling. And it's in the it's in the jungle. It's in Africa. Yeah. That's a good point. Disney, in a sense, is is very good at making movies that are like retellings of of already established tropes or ideas or or classics. And as a result, you, you might consider a lot of those movies aligned with green mana. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like we also touched up on classics kind of being an aspect of white mana as well because they kind of do both tend to bring people together and you know it's an interesting similarity. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot of the that kind of combination there. Um, I think some interesting occupations for green are uh, wildlife conservationist. Um, yeah, I'd say uh, even a teacher, tradesman, farmers, hunter. Chefs, like we kind of talked about a little earlier. And hermits. <laughs> yeah, all people who live off of the land and uh, make do with what they got. And right. They're... My new name is Dances with Squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. But, but yeah, like these jobs that are, again, kind of um, related to tradition, passing something on, but also um, like cultivating your, your environment and surroundings and the people around you. Um, definitely some similarities there to white. Another interesting thing is like all five of these colors have all kinds of combinations and three color combinations, four color combinations, like that ultimately I feel like every person could come down to some amount of all of these, but uh, depending on the person and the character are all reflected in different ways. Right, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, uh, the mana system is used to sort of describe uh, specific things. And, and one reason why we go into that is because um, in order to fuel the spells you do cast when you're playing Magic the Gathering, you need to channel uh, mana of the appropriate color for the appropriate thing, um, as we'll uh, probably get into in just a couple moments here. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh... You know, just to explore some of those like multi multicolor combinations, if you put something like blue and white together, you might get a character or a general society that's very focused on order structure, not allowing for any uh, chaos or outside interference. Whereas if you combine something like red and black together, you might just get like a crazy demon festival. <laughs> like chaos thought? incarnate like just whatever uh what what a true or chaotic chaotic neutral chaotic, new, chaotic evil maybe even chaotic <laughs> evil yeah. yeah chaotic evil feels about right mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it's really interesting that you can use these uh combinations um in so many different ways whether as a descriptor or you know to fuel spells yeah and and I think the most fun part of Magic the Gathering is really seeing that these colors really affect 
the spells that you're casting and how they work and how the game is played because of whichever color you're using in that particular moment. Um, but yeah, do you guys want to get on to card types, uh, the different types of cards in Magic the Gathering? And uh, Let's do it. Let's absolutely the, do it. Explore the differences there. Well, let's start with lands because lands are absolutely essential to be able to play any game of Magic the Gathering. Um, well, maybe not any game, but the most popular ways of playing Magic the Gathering. There's like Judge's Tower. I don't think you need lands. But right? this is these are all moot points. Okay, they are. They are. <laughs> okay, lands are um, basically where you are getting your energy from to then go and cast uh, cards or play cards. Um, if you think of your deck as a car, uh, the lands are the fuel that the car would run on. The best way to kind of describe it with the analogy of you being a god would be that you create these, you know, lands, whether they be mountains or islands or plains or forests or swamps to uh, on this plane that you're fighting on to draw energy from them to cast your spells. Yeah. And uh, to then again, like use that land you're tapping it you're getting the energy out of the land and into your use to be able to then uh cast all kinds of different spells right and it's really interesting because this is a card that goes into your library like we've discussed um and so you know you're going to need to sort of get the right balance of all the lands in the world but you also need the right spells to kind of extract that as well you can't have one without the other right and then going into creatures. Well, I was oh, yeah, going to say, let's uh, kind of clarify, like, what's kind of, what there's two types of spells that you'll really kind of encounter uh, permanent based spells that are going to stick around, or single use spells, temporary spells. And, like, one of the first, you know, um, types of a permanent spell would be a creature. Yeah, uh, technically a land is also considered a permanent because it doesn't go away after you play it. But, but it's, it's right. not a spell. It's not a spell, yeah. So yeah, between the two types of, of spells that uh, you'd cast, there are some that stick around and, and uh, aren't like instant use. And there are some that are instant use similar to like an action that you would take. So yeah, one of the first spells that you could cast that would stick around are creatures um creatures are basically like little guys like goblins it is, elves yeah it is the act of you summoning a creature with magic and that could be a mighty dragon or a small little goblin uh, or anything in between um but there are also different uh, types of creatures as well yeah and uh each creature will have a number that represents power and a number that ref represents toughness that just means how well they can throw a punch versus how well they can take a punch. Right. The higher, the better. So let's just say you have a 1-1 one, one little goblin and you have a 3-3 three, three giant snake. Um, it's pretty... If they fought, the favor would most obviously go to the big snake. Because it has higher power and higher toughness. Mm -hmm. um, creatures can also have certain abilities on them. Uh, 
One really easy example would be like how birds, most birds, not all birds, can fly. <laughs> um, so in the game of Magic the Gathering, uh, something that has flying is represented with the word flying. Um, another one would be like, to go back to snakes, a lot of times they're poisonous, so they have something called death touch. Right. So if you fought a snake, even if you're a big, strong guy and the snake is like a little tiny thing, if that snake is poisonous and you fight it, you probably die because it's poisonous. Yeah. If you got bit, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So something like uh, death touch would uh, allow the creature to destroy another creature if it deals damage. to Right. So a lot of interesting keywords like that. Uh, There's also a fun one called trample where if you have like I don't know, like a giant elephant that like can just essentially like run through a creature. Trample like, over it if trample you Trample over it. That just trample over the creature that you're trying to stop it with and hit you in the face anyways. Um, but creatures can have all kinds of different abilities. They can have effects when they enter. They can have effects when they leave. But basically, a creature is a little guy you put down, and he can punch things for you, and he can stop punches for you. Mm, you are summoning a creature to help you in this battle against another planeswalker. Yeah. Um, another type of permanent card, a card that sticks around, is an artifact. Um, and... Artifacts are similar to, I guess, tools that you would find in the world. They're similar to creatures in that they're like permanent things that don't go away. Mm -hmm. But uh, they can't, unless they're artifacts and creatures, uh, they can't typically fight for you. They can't block Block for you. They can't attack. They're just tools to be used. So um, maybe there's an artifact that would draw you a card or... Uh, it's a like there's a crystal ball that lets you look at the top of your library. Right, almost like seeing the future. Um, so there's like just certain tools like that that can be used. Even like in cooking, like if you use an oven, that might be an artifact that you use to achieve some goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, any non-organic usable object in the game of Magic the Gathering is sometimes organic. Sometimes even organic. Yeah, it's in very uh, rare there's always cases. an exception in Magic the Gathering. Yep. <laughs> um, and then we get to enchantments, which is another uh, popular type of permanent spell. Again, the spell that doesn't go away after you cast it. Um, these are similar to artifacts, but with almost more of an ethereal nature or a more magical nature in some cases. Right. Whereas an artifact is a physical, tangible object that was created or you somehow are able to manipulate an effect out of it. An enchantment is a spell that you cast that uh, essentially has a lingering effect. So you can cast an enchantment on someone to make them fall in love with you, as you might know in popular lore. But in the game of Magic the Gathering... Um, It might look like uh, you conjure an enchantment that will create a weather storm or something like that. Yeah, I think weather is a very good analogy for enchantments. Another, you know, decent uh, analogy might be like cutting a fart. You know, the smell (laughs) that lingers in a room will clear the room. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sticks around. Did you just cast an enchantment, Cody? Oh, no. (laughs) Not yet. I'll let you know when. Uh, Sounds good. Oh, God, how do we counter that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
but yeah, so like right now, for example, it's raining and that is keeping us mostly inside. And uh, if it were sunny, we might have to put sunglasses on. But these lingering effects that kind of uh, cause something to to happen to either players, creatures or the board, the game board in general. Mm hmm. Um, so then we have uh, sorceries. These are the first of the temporary card types, the non-permanent card types. Yes, as they are called in Magic the Gathering. These ones you play, they do something, and then they go right to your graveyard, or I guess what would be similarly called like a discard zone. Mm-hmm. Um so it'd be like an action, a one-time effect that kind of happens. So casting a fireball, yeah, I think, uh, stealing something, <laughs> right? Stealing something that, yeah, like like an action. The most most obvious one would be like uh, a wizard casting a firebolt, or like just a a, a ball of fire, or uh, raising a dead corpse from someone's graveyard back onto the battlefield. It's an action that you take that has uh, an effect, but that is not lingering as an enchantment might. Mm -hmm. Um, The next form of those are instants. Which Which are just faster sorceries, really. (laughs) It's as simple as that. Sorceries are an action. Think of instants as having the potential to be reactions. Mm -hmm. You can play them as actions, but you can also play them as reactions in response to something. So... For the example to the fireball, if someone wants to throw a fireball at you, you can react and counter the fireball and stop it. That yes. is how we counter Cody's fart. Yes, we we do some sort of instant reaction to either stop Cody yes, from I farting. Cast instant instant speed Febreze spray. There you go. <laughs> yeah, combat the fart. <laughs> but that's essentially what an instant. Oh, it is. just smells like lavender and fart. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't say it was a good instant. You made it worse. Um, but yeah, like following that, there are. Two other card types. These are a little bit more complex and uh, harder to get into, but um, one of them being Planeswalkers. Uh, you'll remember at the beginning we were talking about uh, the player characters, the person that you're playing as being called a Planeswalker. Uh, so if you think of these as other beings of extreme power, um, they're basically cards that have these... Uh, kind of extremely powerful beings on them but uh they mainly just do favors for you yeah they're very fickle friends you see they 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 don't mind helping you out but you kind of have to do it on their terms yep and if you don't do it too much against their own terms they peace out go away and uh don't look back or just do nothing or do nothing (laughs) yeah yeah they leave you high and dry but uh but yeah like uh planeswalkers are yeah, the mechanics are pretty pretty interesting, but uh, but yeah, they're very powerful cards, and uh, I would almost call them similar to enchantments in a way, but mm. maybe of course big differences. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. they're they're enchantments uh, that you can attack essentially. They're physical enchantments. <laughs> and speaking of enchantments that you can attack, 
Oh boy. <laughs> There's also a uh, brand new card type. Yes, introduced this year, I believe. Yeah, just yes. a few months ago from uh, the recording of this episode. Called Battles. Battles are also like enchantments, but they're enchantments that you put under your opponent's control. They're meant to represent like some kind of conflict going on. The simplest way to explain it right now for people you know who are not familiar with magic is forget battles. They're too new to be anything relevant at the moment. That's, that's absolutely fair. The closest thing I would connect them to is maybe an enchantment, but like an enchantment having to do with a fight. Yeah, it's like an enchantment that goes on the other person's side. Uh, it has a certain amount of numbers on it. If you damage it for all the numbers, it turns into something else that you get to keep. But yeah, yeah, that's that, it. <laughs> that pretty much that pretty much covers it. That's uh, that's all the card types. That's all the um, colors. And uh, yeah, if you've never tried out Magic: The Gathering, it's an amazing game. It's tons of fun, and we love playing it. Um, we've covered this before, but what are some of your guys's like favorite colors and some of your favorite card types? Um, so I am blue black. Just th- those are the two that I've always loved playing. I like you know being cunning and crafty and selfish and using any resource you have available to you. Exactly. Cody um, likes to be curious and self-interested. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite <laughs> card types I would say are like instants and sorceries primarily. Uh, I, I like the feeling of, you know, throwing fireballs and raising the dead and just generally being a nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny that you say that because I feel like I'm almost a polar opposite from you gameplay-wise because I prefer the green-white sort of identity. Uh, big, strong, central core and idea. Um, you know, abilities that protect myself and prevent bad things from happening while eventually just being that unstoppable force of nature uh, that no one can do anything about. Um, I tend to play a lot more creatures and enchantments Uh, when I play the game but you know uh, both are very fun yeah I uh, I definitely fall in line the most with uh, red as a color uh, black blue white green and you're red Red. all five colors yeah I I definitely have my moments with other colors like I I love black so I would say there's maybe a little bit of that Um, but but through and through I think I identify with red the most very emotional for sure um but yeah, I, I kind of like a lot of different card types. I'd say I really like lands because they kind of portray a lot of really cool scenes. They allow you to play the game for yeah, one. Yeah, who so, needs to do that? But, but I, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, just the ability to, to curate what lands you're playing with, especially if you're just playing with basic lands. There's all kinds of different arts you can use. Um, I think I enjoy uh, a good number of artifacts as well as creatures. I like a lot of spells that stick around um, and kind of make an impact on the game when they hit the table. And uh, even even when I do play instants and sorceries, those, those non-permanent uh, card types, I like for them to have some kind of additional... Uh, value after they're used like if I could recast them from the graveyard or somehow get them back into my hand um, 
I like kind of having things that, that make an impact and stick around. But, um, yeah, I, I, I love the themes in this game and the colors. It really does feel like a personality test pretty much. Yeah, I mean, uh, Magic is a very flavorful game, and really, while it isn't as much of a role-playing game like Dungeons & Dragons or something like that, um, there is just as much of a depth in terms of what you can build there. Uh, between the decks that you choose to build, what you personally align with, it really uh, tells a lot about you and is a great way to kind of express yourself while you're playing a fun game. And yeah, and just it's, it's cool, and if you like all that cool fantasy stuff uh you should definitely try out some magic the gathering yeah um so one really quick announcement to anyone who's following along with us uh we at the end of september are going to be going to magic con las vegas and uh we're going to be out there with maybe some uh some gifts to give out and uh if any any of you listeners would like to meet us that'd be a great place to do it love to have some commander games with you guys we're always looking for a fourth person that's true i mean Mm. we as you heard we have all five colors represented between uh the three of us that's right so you can play whatever you want against us that's right yeah get a get a taste of all all the different colors of magic taste the the rainbow taste the (laughs) rainbow we are skittles um But yeah, so definitely check us out there. That's going to be the September 22nd to the 24th, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're all really excited for that. So um, excited. And yeah. Um, so excited. So excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. Oh my God, I love it. Uh, but yeah, I think that just about wraps up this episode. Hopefully, to some of the people who aren't as familiar with Magic the Gathering, this has clarified some of the uh, more difficult to understand concepts or or even just clarified some of the basic, straightforward mechanics of the game, what we spend so much time blabbering on about. <laughs> Hopefully, it's given you some insight into what the hell we're talking about. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and uh, as we mentioned, this is a very deep topic. So, on the other hand, if you'd like to for us to talk more about it, make more analogies, see where uh, the Magic the Gathering colors um, can be applied in facets of life, uh, if that's something you guys are interested in hearing about, let us know. We'd love to make more content like this. We could do, like different philosophers which which color uh, maybe you can <laughs> mr uh philosophy, philosophy degree to... from ucla oh, Lord. <laughs> but uh but yeah let us know if you like it let us know if you don't most importantly let us know if you disagree with any of the things we said i we have spent a lot of time talking about all the different uh representations of uh colors and all the different representations of card types so if you feel like there's anything we missed or didn't cover or would like to hear more about reach out to us at mtgevolvingwild at gmail.com or find us on instagram x or twitter uh (laughs) facebook all at mtg evolving wild uh we'd love to hear from you and uh yeah feel free to reach out Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Bye-bye.